Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Thursday, January 5th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the Start Here link in the upper left-hand corner, that's simply the two words that say Start Here. It will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's simple. It is a simple PDF file. Just click the link and download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness, and if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process and a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives when they use these tools. And secondarily, because... It also tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of that to share with us, if you're on the call live, you can call us at, or on a listening live through the Internet. You can call us live at 563-999-3581. If you choose to call that number and press 1, it will put a little icon of a hand by your phone number. I can turn on your microphone and announce you by your area code. Alternatively, you can send us an email 
You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. You can email Jeannie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's j-e-a-n-i-e at w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n.org. If you do that with a question or a comment or a testimonial, we will share it with the Internet show. And then, as time allows, get back to you and let you know what day and time your comment or question was addressed so you can listen back through the archives. Mentioning the archives is another powerful tool uh, for people to get access to and learn from this work. At the end of this month, we will finish... 12 years of doing this internet show and almost all of those files are available through the archives occasionally there was a technical glitch or a damaged file but most all of them for the past 12 years were available in the archives and we encourage people to make good use of them go back and listen also if you listen to a file from the past and there is no description on it, Jeannie would appreciate it if you would send her an email and let her know what was in the show that you listened to. Highlights, main points, people who might have been on the show other than uh, Jeannie and Dr. Michael. And then she'll update the uh, the listing in in the archives. So, help us help you, help us be of service and live into our intention to be of service by letting us know how was the show landing with you? What would be of more use to you than whatever it is that's going on in the show at that time? Give us a call, send us an email. Again, the call-in number is 563-999-3581. If you want to chat when you call that number, you can listen live and just sit on the call. Or if you want to chat, press 1 on your phone, and it will give me the indication that you've got a comment or a question. And we'll take it from there. We are probably going to be able to finish reading Lesson twenty or 35 in the Way of Mastery. It's only got... 35 lessons in the entire three-book series. And those three books include The Way of the Heart, The Way of Transformation, and The Way of Knowing. And we've been working through it this year. I'll just use the word meticulously. And um, if there is a If there's a way for you to to look at these three books, The Way of the Heart, The Way of Transformation, and The Way of Knowing, as tools, we hope we're making that happen. We hope that that slow reading with commentary is highlighting how the text is actually offering us exercises and tools to use to improve the quality of our lives. So area code 828, Magda, I'm assuming. 
Yes, indeed. Hi, there, Dr. Tim. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, I have reviewed the uh, worksheets I was talking about sharing, and actually, I, I had mentioned sharing one, and then I realized, well, that wound into another one, and then another one. Um, so, I don't, I don't know if you want to time for more than one or, or whatever, but um, I have them here. So. Okay. So. All right. Well, read away. What, whatever you think would be most beneficial to give us a picture of what was going on in your processing and how you came to some kind of a shift or a feeling of improvement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I... I went back to a mind shifter that either you or Michael had given me based upon a question I called in with oh, several weeks ago, at least. and it was about when I was sitting in a waiting room waiting for my car to be serviced, and there were people around me who um, were talking politics and talking politics that I did not um, Agree don't with. Sit and, <laughs> I don't agree with. And and I was uh, feeling a lot of frustration because I was not able to go to a place of love and quiet while I sat there. Um, and so I called in about that. Well, what can I do? So you brought up the um, wonderful observation that uh, perhaps I needed to work on letting go of my attachment to my own beliefs and to be able to see all of those people, everyone, anywhere and everywhere as the true and radiant um, beams of love that they are. So that's what led into, I I went back and and looked at all of the things that I'd put into that mind shifter and I pulled out one thing to to work on initially and i'm i'm going to um what i used was the um abbreviated wake up sheet so i'm going to get that up so i can use that as my guide um and um what i do is i i use it as a guide and then i write my answers into a notebook so i can keep um um some kind of record of if I want to go back and read it again. So, okay, um, uh, A1 was myself, Magda, and uh, B, the object of my attention, the people who express political beliefs that I disagree with, and C was what uh, my reality as I experienced it was that um, I was in this waiting room and surrounded by um, political people talking things I I don't agree with. Uh, And then D, my feelings resonated by the situation, rage, was plain seething rage. And um, my thoughts, the next step, my thoughts that caused my feeling about that, um, uh, I felt this rage because of all the dog whistles they 
were uttering and clearly believed and were wrong in capital letters and dangerous. And then uh, the next step, F, I wanted to punish them by yelling at them, screeching at them how stupid they are to buy all that nonsense and believe it. So um, then I moved on to step two. I choose to love, uh, to love the truth and willingly go through the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms of healing, to which I said yes, yes, yes. And then moved on to my goal for those people. My uh, um, focus of attention was for them to change, of course, to be enlightened and believe the same things I do, which are the truth. (laughs) I just have to laugh at this. Anyway, I was very serious when I wrote it. Um, And and I like to use this particular wake-up sheet because it has in there, uh, in the goal section, uh, added in there is, so I can. And uh, so I want them to be enlightened and believe what I do because it's the truth. So I can feel safe in this country. And um, I usually get a lot out of that so I can part. It's like, oh, this is what's really going on. Okay, then moving on to the next step. Uh, Reconnecting to my original being of love. And I always end up taking some time to get settled, close my eyes and go to that place where I can feel the love in my heart and in my being. And uh, so then the next step is canceling. Um, And so I cancel my goal for them to become enlightened and believe the things that I do. And then um, the next part of that step is that I invited Ruka Dukucha to help me to, I love this part, um, requesting help to incline me toward healing, restore me to my original nature of love, assist me in keeping love present, help me come into direct conscious relationship with and remove the dissociated and projected parts of my carbon-based memory. And here again, I stop and just get quiet and wait and see if I, if anything comes to mind. And um, then moving on to the next step, I now feel, and what I felt was churned up. And what I realize, what I see, is that there is some tender connection to my past um, that I am going to become aware of as I do this forgiveness worksheet because I believe that, and I just sensed this, I didn't have any memories, but I sensed at some time in the past I have been harshly criticized and shamed for my own beliefs. And that was a surprise to feel that. Like, wow, where did that come from? However, I've learned to trust 
this tool. And so I just wrote that down and I figured, well, it'll come up in the next worksheet or two or three. And so then I went to um, um, the last step, which is the new goal that I have for the people, my original object of attention, these people who are talking politics. And that goal is that I now see the brilliant light of love within each of them that they may not even be aware of yet. And so I went back to the, the beginning of the worksheet where I had been at a level 10 in my range, and I realized that that was down to an 8. I mean, I'm sorry, it was down to a 1 in regard to the original situation. However, I was at a level 8 of upset in the churning up that had come about um, knowing that there's something else that's going to be coming up on the next worksheet. Well, that was the end of that one. And, and did I would you, like did to... Did you do another one right away? I did. I did two more. Okay. Do you want to share Should those? Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I would like to mention again, as I did yesterday, that I welcome any comments from people who are listening um, in places where um, I may have been tricking myself, um, switching subjects and so forth. So, okay, with that, I'll go on. Um, again, I used the abbreviated um, worksheet, so I'll go back, 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 back to the beginning. Okay. Step one, I, Magda, and then step two, the people who have shamed me in my beliefs. I didn't really know who they were, but I know there were, there were some. And then I kind of waited and just let that percolate. And I had a memory come up for step uh, C, uh, the third part of step one. And that memory was that in a school I, I taught at about 30 years ago, I had been called by some people a witch, W-I-T-C-H, um, because I wore crystals. And they thought that was pretty woo-woo-woo, you know. And uh, also, I found this out later, for knowing too much about what motivates other people. So I, I was called witch by certain people behind my back. Um, and then part D, my feelings resonated by this. Um, first of all, I was surprised, and then I felt anger. And then I felt fear. And I, this worksheet here is about my anger. And um, my thoughts that caused my feeling of anger were that I am unjustly accused 
and it is not fair that they have this false negative opinion of me because they are ignorant. <laughs> I'm so good at judging all those other people. Yeah. Uh, they are ignorant of my skills and what they really mean. So that was my anger speaking out. Um, and then my punishment thought for them was to yell at them about their ignorance and the assumptions they make based on their ignorance. And my punishment for me was to take on some responsibility for their misunderstanding of who I was. Okay. And then moving on to step two. Um, I see truth. And I am willing to go through the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms of healing. Step three, um, my goal for them was for, that they would understand and appreciate my knowledge and skills and intentions. And so I can, here's the big one, feel okay about myself because of their acceptance of me. Woohoo! That one has come back many times. And then step four, choosing to reconnect with my original being of love and again taking the moments that I needed to to do that. Um, and then step five, um, canceling. I now cancel my goal for them to offer me understanding and appreciation of my knowledge and skills. And I ask Ruka Takutsha to incline me toward healing, restore me to my original nature of love, assist me in keeping love present, and help me come into direct conscious relationship with and remove the dissociated and projected parts of my carbon-based memory. And again, taking some time to just sit with that and wait and see what comes up. And then in number six, I often um, switch switch up number six. It says, I now feel. Sometimes I go instead to what I see and then, and then plug in my feeling after that. But uh, this time... Yeah, this time I did that. I now see that I believe that I think other people's opinions of me are of great importance. And I now feel sad that I still believe that nonsense. And um, uh, how have I violated that goal for others and for myself? Uh, violated. Every time I have seen myself as less than I am is a violation toward me. And every time I see others as less than they are and make assumptions about them is a violation toward them. And so um the last step, I acknowledge us for creating truth and perfect love, and I write this goal based on the above issue. 
And the goal that I have is that I now see your true being, all of you guys who called me a witch. And that is one of radiant light and love rather than my assumptions about you being stupid. Um, and then I went back and I, I uh, looked at the anger that I had had toward them at the beginning, and it was at a level 9 out of 10. And at the end of the worksheet here, it was a level 2 out of 10. My sadness, however, that I got in touch with was a level 9. And so I went on to do one more worksheet on that. Did you go on to do a worksheet on the sadness right away? Yes. Is that mm-hmm. another one you want to share? I certainly can. It looks a lot shorter than the others, so maybe it won't take as long. Um, sure. And this time I use the sevens sheet. I'm not sure how to get back to that, so... Uh, Okay. Now I'm not getting my guide here. Um, <laughs> I can't get the seven step to come up, so I'll just go ahead and, and look at my answers. So <clears throat> in this um, in this worksheet, uh, I Magda, I'm feeling sadness. And the object of my attention here is me. And um, what happens is that I continue to believe that what others think of me is important. And uh, my thoughts about why I feel so sad about that is that I am stupid to believe that nonsense. And uh, my punishment toward, punishment thought toward myself, since I am the object of attention here, is uh, putting myself down with this accusation of personal stupidity. And then I did all of the releases that come with uh, the seventh step, releasing myself, releasing the situation, and so forth. And, most importantly, releasing my need to be right. Um, and then I went to number two, step two, um, and I chose to love truth. And uh, I'm willing to go through the physical, mental, and emotional healing symptoms that may occur from this healing. Uh, step three, the goal that I have for my object attention of attention, which is me, is that I fully realize that only my highest and best, my highest and best opinion of me matters. And then I went to step four, choosing to realign with love, taking a moment to do that. And step five, um, while holding, uh, canceling the goal, while holding love conscious, active, and present, I now cancel my goal for me to fully realize 
that only my highest and best opinion of me matters. <sighs> That's a good goal, hey? But uh, I canceled it, and I asked Rika Takucha to um, help me through all of the steps um, that I don't, I can't see here because I don't have the guides. And then I went to step six. Whoop! What happened to my? So did you get a shift <laughs> or a realization when you canceled the goal? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, my shift was entirely wonderful. I feel serene and joyful. That was totally unexpected, like, wow, how did I get here from the top of this this worksheet to here? But, yeah, canceling that, I feel serene and joyful. And I see that the label of stupid was just further distraction from the truth about myself, my true capital S self. And... Um, way I have betrayed um, that goal for myself is every time I have focused on someone else's opinion of me, this has been a betrayal. And um, in the last one, number seven, I offer myself that I look for and always see the brilliant light of love it is my true essence. And my sadness went from nine to zero, and now I have tears. <laughs> and what would you say the tears are about? Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. So are you saying relief? It's hard to hear you. Yeah, relief. Right. Relief? Okay. I didn't well, just have breathe to. into that. Okay, just breathe into it. Because it, when you didn't have tears before, and you breathe now and you feel relief and tears come up, chances are there's some other stuff bubbling there. And you don't need to work on it now, but just breathe and soften and be with the tears. Be with the energy that your first take on that energy would be relief. Right. Just do that RAIN acronym. Recognize, okay, I have this energy. Oh, tears are coming. My eyes are watering. Okay. A, accept it and allow it. Don't have to explain it. Don't have to rationalize it. Don't have to apologize for it. Just be with it. And then inquire about it. Do your somatic inquiry. Gee, what's this? It feels like relief. Okay, sit with the relief. Stay with it. Maybe it shifts as the tears come. Maybe the energy moves and all of a sudden it doesn't feel so much like relief. Maybe it feels more like joy or maybe it feels more like something that doesn't have a word for it in the, in the lexicon of emotions. Just breathe and soften and be nurturing toward yourself. That's the last letter in that acronym, N for nurturing. Just be gentle and nurturing. And breathe until you feel something shift or fade, and then let us know how you're feeling and whether or not you want to keep processing or 
what happens. I felt a, a physical shift from my heart area chakra to my throat. That kind of uh, clenching of the throat, which means to me, don't, don't go there, don't talk about it, don't know about it. Yes, it's becoming more predominant right now. Okay. So how would you like to proceed? Would you like to just follow that, the impulse to not talk about it? Do you want to go do some private work on it? Do you want us to talk about it and help you process it right now on the show? What What's your preference? What I'm tuning into is um, that I need to actually sleep on it and okay. ask for the awareness to come through a dream or through you know, when I awaken. Yeah. Okay, well, let me just say thank you for sharing. Those are wonderful examples of worksheets and how sometimes the worksheet process leads to a connection to a past event, as several of mine did, and yet many of those that I presented last week didn't flash on an insight or past trauma. They just went where I felt a shift in the energy, but I basically felt unconscious at the end. And that can be just as valuable because it moves energy. And then a day later, half a day later, a couple days later, several weeks later, when something bubbles up, if I just am willing to keep the process moving and do more worksheets, eventually what I need to see will be seen. It will be shown mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like to add is, is trusting that process. Really trusting our inner awareness and guidance and the process itself as, as uh, laid out in the worksheet. Yeah, it's all quite foreign in our culture. We are not You know, we don't have mandatory classes in kindergarten and grade school and high school and college about intuition and and these higher energies. We don't, we aren't, we're taught to dismiss them. We're taught we're a witch if we have them. We're taught it's Mm woo-woo. So there's a learning curve for all of us, or I'll say at least for most of us in this culture, when we tune into work like this because... There's a skill set of learning to tune into and trust that guidance system or the energies that make up that guidance system. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. On. Yeah. Mm. So is this a good stopping place for you? 
It is. I had a great big yawn come up then, which <laughs> is always a good sign for some reason. All right. So, so take a breath um, or two. Yeah, I will just let you sit with this. I have gratitude yes. for your sharing those Thank you worksheets. For and was it worth there anything else? I will be else? happy to entertain yes, comments or questions from other people on the call. You I'll let you and everybody else know that notice. for whatever reason the and chat room is not working today, so we apologize if you're listening on the Internet and you can't get in the chat room if you're trying to type something in. It is just a blog talk technical issue for now. And um, we'll save feedback or comments on those worksheets for another time because you're in the middle of processing. Oops. So, But thank you so much for being willing to do that. It was wonderful. And if there are any comments or questions, you can give us a call. I'll mute you, Magda, so you can listen through the show. You can give us a call at 563-999-3581 and either make a comment for Magda or ask a question that I might field for you. And... um, I wonder sometimes about whether anything is happening because now the switchboard is down entirely. So, Magda, if you're there and you can hear me, please respond audibly. Well, we'll assume that... um, that we have uh, a signal. Um, I'm trying to text Magda. At least the the old number I have for Magda, I'm not sure it's a current number. So um, I'm flying blind, and we're trying to do a show. It's and Magda says, "No, you're not hearing me." So apparently, the Blog Talk Radio has crashed, and um, my efforts to call in have failed. So I just got a a message from Gail that says um, she got back on the call. So I'm wondering, Gail, if you would let me know if you can hear me because I still can't get the switchboard up. So all right, so we're back. Apparently she can hear me. 
Um, uh, we have a hand up, area code 480. You're in the air. Who do we have? Greetings in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Pastor Don Jr. Oh, we lost you, Don. Apologize. We are having some significant technical glitches with Blog Talk Radio today. So I'm assuming that uh, since Gail said she can hear me and the switchboard is still up, that um, it might be useful to thank Magda once again for her work and say it's um, probably best for her to um, take the time to follow her intuition and sleep on this before we process any more. And I will entertain comments or questions about the work Magda did, answer questions if I can, and we can save those questions if you have them for her uh, later. Um, And or I will... um, Here's Magda with a hand up. Magda, are you on? I am. I just wanted to let you know that I can hear you. It seems to be working again. As soon as I okay. as soon as I tap no to your question, no, I can't hear you. It started to work. <laughs> so did did you have okay. to call back in? I called back in several times and I got a busy signal three times and then um and then I finally got the show. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, thank you again for the work you did, and we will uh, look forward to any further sharing you want to do after you've slept on it and do more work. Oh, okay. Good. And there's a text message that says, congratulations to Magda. So thank you for that. Thank you for your work. Many blessings. You're so welcome, and uh, I'll just listen, okay? All right. Blessings. So... Yesterday, since nobody else has a hand up related to that, yesterday we were reading uh, and we're near the end of Lesson 35, which is the final lesson in the Way of Mastery book, which comprises the Way of the Heart, which is um, an open, sensitive, energy-tuned heart. I was listening to Pema Chodron and her book, When Things Fall Apart, this morning. As I've mentioned before, I'm going through that book again. And um, she's talking about a word they have in, uh, I don't know if it's a Sanskrit word or the Buddhist word, but it's, it's bodhicitta. And basically it means this soft, awakened heart. And if we come to the... And and it, it really struck me because the phrase awakened heart was used in Pema Chodron's book as a description for, as a way to explain to us from the Western world and the English language, what do they mean when they say bodhicitta? And she used the term awakened heart. So at the very beginning, in the fifth page of the Way of Mastery, it says, 
the first step in awakening is to allow into your mind this axiom of truth. Nothing that you experience is caused by anything outside of you. You experience only the effects of your own choice. Now, Western mind is going to kick up all kinds of fuss about that. So later, just one, two, three, four, the fifth paragraph down from there is a very short paragraph, and it says, let us help you out here. The way of the heart is not the way of the intellect. And your intellect is what would fight against this statement that nothing you experience is caused by anything outside of you and you experience only the effects of your own heart. So this is not talking to your intellect, right? Because it says here, for indeed the intellect of the mind was never designed to be your master. It was designed to be the humble, and if you will pardon the expression, the very stupid servant of the awakened heart of bodhicitta, of your true self, of your core, of your ability to experience energies and emotions of intensity and flavor and depth and richness in your heart center that you can't even comprehend with your intellectual mind. And so, again, in Lesson 35 in Way of Mastery, we were reading about how they're asking us to learn to bless all of our creations. Another way to say that is they're asking us to welcome everything that happens in our life, even if it's something that intellectually or on the surface level or on the physical level we say this is uncomfortable or painful or our intellect will judge this as bad or wrong. This work is so deep that it invites us to learn to welcome everything that happens in our lives as a part of our own creation, co-creating with the creator itself, and understanding that our experience of it is going to be actively created by our interpretation of and our response to the flow of life events. That in and of themselves, they're neutral. They don't hold any value except the ones we give them. So these few paragraphs in this section under Blessing Your Creations reads, As you choose to embrace yourself as a master, as you choose to look upon each and every moment of your experience as though it is completely self-created, that it is waiting for your blessing, then you come to see that there is power and freedom in choosing to bless with gratitude all of your creations everything that's ever come to you in life i was i was mentioning that two days ago the the conversation i had with um the youtube phenom who who does a lot of eft tapping his name is brad yates and he agreed to have another conversation with me. And as a part of the conversation, I mentioned how one of the shows that I presented last week was talking about worksheets I did when I got upset because I thought someone I was dealing with just three or four years ago, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a fully an adult. I'm a psychologist. I'm, I'm, I'm in my own office. I'm safe. 
but all of a sudden I throw an interpretation on something that's happened and my interpretation is this person is not telling the truth and it created such upset in me that it was worth you know several dozen worksheets over a period of three or four days and eventually I had the insight and what was revealed in the show and one of the more powerful worksheets was it flashed back to a time when I was 14 years old and caught dead to rights for doing something and was lying to my dad about it and for whatever reason at that time I could not bring myself to tell the truth even though I was mostly a very honest person and I was raised in a very honest non-abusive family for whatever reason I couldn't tell the truth and ever since that happened for you know 50 some years I would not share that experience with anybody I wouldn't admit to it outside of my own mind I would I never brought it up it's I, I couldn't use it as a teaching moment etc until I did enough worksheets on it and all of a sudden oh look at that and then I was able to share it the very next day on the internet show so as I was doing that and talking about that with Brad Yates when I finished presenting that little summary, Brad said, I hope you are sending that guy thank you notes. The guy that you think lied to you. I hope you are sending him thank you notes because this was a life event that's not coming at me to hurt me. But if I have the tools and I understand and make my own, create my own emotions inside of me and I start to apply the tools, this outside life event is a gift because it reveals to me where I'm still carrying negative self-judgment, trauma, like what Magda was just talking about, uncovering in her three worksheets that she presented, that there's a part of her that's still very heavily invested in what other people think about her. And if she doesn't do the worksheets, if she doesn't have these life events come along that she interprets as bad or negative or wrong, and the life event isn't bad or negative or wrong, it's just a flow of life, these people who were in that auto dealership repair service area, they weren't bad or wrong. They were just there. But Magda threw an interpretation on that interaction and what they were saying and doing that was negative, and it resonated traumas in Magda that she's been carrying for decades, and now she's got an opportunity to release it, or as the way of mastery would say in a different level, to bring new presence to energies that once defeated her and please understand the energies that defeated her were not in people outside of her they weren't in the people in the automotive repair area they weren't in the people that labeled her as a witch from her past it's it's new presence when I get upset it's an opportunity for me to bring new presence to the energies within me that have defeated me. It's just one way to talk about it. I'm not actually defeated. It's just that I'm stuck in a loop of thinking that I'm right and this shouldn't be happening and this is wrong. And So I'm creating pain, wishing it would go away when I'm the one creating it. How can I break that cycle? I can bring new presence to those beliefs, those thoughts, those energies that once got me stuck, that once once upon a time they defeated me. And when I bring new presence to those energies, 
it shifts the flow of energy within me and my experience of the flow of energy within me and my experience of life is different. So, blessing all your creations, that first paragraph says, hey, how about you understand that there is power and freedom in choosing to bless with gratitude everything that happens in your life, everything that happens. And then to say, quote, this has been so fantastic. It might be fun to have something even greater happen now. It was great being with that lover, but what the heck? They've just recently died. So I think I'll open up to something even greater, close quotes. Most of us in the Western world can't even conceive of moving to that level. And yet, if we choose to move to that level, to practice those things, to play with those ideas, to do the work around releasing the negative interpretations and the negative emotions we generate from them, we're at the very least, we're not doing the same old thing. And so we're opening up the possibility for something dramatically different to occur. The next paragraph in this lesson says, it is that kind of an attitude that expands the kingdom, the capital K kingdom. The domain of your consciousness, your, the domain of your consciousness is the capital K kingdom. Until the day that it arrives when your, the physical universe itself can no longer contain you and you will simply outshine the body itself. Text reads, this has occurred. Some minds have outshined the body before the body was ready to die. They merely dissolved in light and that was the end of it. It is not necessary, however, to do that. You don't have to have life after life after life until you're ready to dissolve into light before your body is ready to die. The text then reads, for the experience of what is called, quote, death, close quotes, in your world is just another experience. If you bring your awareness to it, you will discover in the day of what you call death that it is actually a rather delightful experience. As your attention withdraws from the body, you become the witness of the gasping of the lungs, the building up of the fluid. You watch it with disinterest. Why would you be disinterested in that? Because you're already vibrating in the energy of bliss. The energy of bliss is the essence of your soul. Death, then, is quite simply nothing at that level. So, I'll leave it there. It's basically what we did yesterday. We're just recapping what we did yesterday. And um, um, several people have come on to the call quite recently here, and I'll just let you know that Earlier in today's show, Magda presented three worksheets that she had done. It was wonderful, beautiful work. That will be available in the archives. And then as we were wrapping that up, we actually lost everything in Blog Talk Radio. So I'm not sure that the archives will come up with everything in it, but 
um, we've had some glitches and we're back. So thank you for being here. We're near the end of our show. It's a Thursday, so I will remind people that we have a support group that's possible. Any information that you would need to join that is available at mindshiftersacademy.org website. And there's a separate page for the login information for Thursday, so please use that rather than the information for Tuesday. And um, probably tomorrow we'll work at getting through the last part of reading of Lesson 35 in the Way of Mastery, the final lesson. And um, welcome questions or comments about Magda's worksheets and uh, open the space for her if she wants to share more about what's been going on for her. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of this stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I will turn on the microphone for Jeannie Rice and welcome her. Hi, thank you. I can't get into the chat room today. Well, you're not alone. We've had quite a bit of problems. (laughs) Um, The chat room wouldn't start up at all. Magda presented three worksheets, and then we lost all audio, and I couldn't get into anything, couldn't get into the switchboard or anything else. So I just finished summarizing that for people. So we don't know how the recording will go, but... But there been it's been glitchy and um hang in there and have a wonderful show. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it, Doctor Tim. So welcome everybody to the second hour of Mind Shifters Radio. Today is Thursday, January the fifth, twenty twenty three. And our call in number is five six three nine 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 three five eight one. And press one and that puts you into queue to talk to us. And we'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And I'm going to see if I can get Magda's phone to come back on. Can you hear me? Magda, are you there? Hey. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Dr. Kim said that uh, things were just really glitchy today. (laughs) Yeah, suddenly everything was gone. And um, I called back in three times and got a busy signal each time. And then I let a little little time go by. And and then I called again, and then everything was working. So um, I don't know what's going on. I'm glad you're here. Let me check and see if Michael's having any issues getting in. Okay. uh, We'll go from here. Are you having any trouble getting in? They're, the switchboards and chat room's kind of acting funny, so try again. he's going to try again. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yo, oh, such such fun! Oh, when when it works, it's pretty marvelous. It is. It really is, and we are thankful <laughs> for it. I did write them the other day because the chat room wasn't working, and they said, "Yeah, they were aware of the issues." So. I'm hoping that they still know that there are issues. I'll write them again. So anyway, Michael still so hasn't you, gotten in. So were you and Michael able to uh, get together with Aria Rain yesterday, or is it today? we were? 
Um, no, we got with her yesterday, and uh, it was a full day, and she was like bouncing off the wall, and um, didn't didn't get to go into a great detail with her about uh, what she said to her grandparents. However, she experienced. We took her to um, Hands On Museum, which is a dinosaur museum. Uh, my mm-hmm. daughter-in-law gave us a Christmas present of a year uh, membership to get in there with her. And so uh, we took advantage of it. We hadn't had her in a few days. So um, when we were there and she was working on hands-on, it's a museum where they can touch everything, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's really nice. Um, That's why it's called hands-on. But uh, it's got one section that's all dinosaurs. But yesterday she was in this area where you could take, you know, cotton balls and popsicle sticks and all these different tools and glue them together or rubber band them together or whatever and uh, make things. And so she was doing that, and this other little girl joined us at the table, and she was younger than Aria. And so Aria looked at her and said, hi, little girl, what are you making? And the little (laughs) girl, I mean, she was. She was like two and a half or three, you know, so she was younger than Aria. Mm -hmm. And she looked at her and in the hatefulest voice said, I'm not a little girl. (laughs) Aria says, oh, I was just talking to you. So, you know, then she, she quit talking to her after that, you know. But um, so it gave an opportunity to say, you know, we need to be nice to everybody and, you know, use a kind voice. And I said, you see, that doesn't feel good when somebody uses a harsh tone with you, you know. And, and um, you know, she just didn't know better. I said, but we know better, so we know to to use a kind, gentle voice. And, and mm-hmm. so I did have an opportunity to talk to her a little bit. I'm in. And, um, oh, okay. Michael says he's in. He's not, you're not showing up on the switchboard, so I'm glad you're there. Um, so we <laughs> didn't get an opportunity to really go into detail talking to her about how she spoke to her other grandparents on Christmas right. Day, but she will remember this conversation because it was like, you know, she just looked at the little girl and it was like, I was just talking to you. Right. <laughs> Where did that come from? Why are you attacking me with your voice? Yeah. yeah. So that's, she that's will really remember important. that. That's so yeah, important. For sure. So many people are not aware of how their voice expresses. Well, we got Sounds like pop going off somewhere. It does, it does. Yeah. It's I'll really start. weird. The, the, Dr. Tim said they've had glitches the entire time, said it's just oh, been wow. really crazy. And the chat room's not working, so I'm going to write a note to the support Ouch. team. So I will leave you talking with Magda while I do that. <laughs> okay. Sweet. I just, so you I were talking like, about our little one. one. Yes, I was wondering if you had that conversation with her uh, yet about um, her interaction with her other kindness. Yeah. See, we've only had her one day since yesterday, and uh, actually I had an appointment, and I went and picked her up at school. It's the first time I've done that since she started school, and uh, and then picked Jeannie up, and we headed out to uh, some uh, some friends got a gift. A subscription for the local uh, dinosaur museum. There's actually a, mm-hmm. a property here yeah. where they 
were building a highway and found some bones and they built a museum and she loves to go there. So we ended up doing that yesterday. So no, we didn't get to that conversation. It looks like it's going to be next week because we're not going to see her again until next week. I'm ready but to do uh, Michael, it sounds like it had a good start because that little girl addressed her with such a an angry tone of voice and Arya definitely um, had a reaction to that. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to open that conversation about how we use our voice. That it isn't just the words that we say, but how we sound when we say them. That makes Absolutely. A big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it is a perfect well, opening. And yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. of it that way. So thank you for, for pointing that out because it is the, the perfect opening to that whole conversation. Indeed. And it's kind of Sweet. fun for a child. Uh, little ones like to make believe. And, and so, you know, you could practice with her around saying a certain group of words, whatever you you or she chooses, and then saying them with different um, kinds of uh, intensity. Intonation. Yeah. yeah. We can actually yeah. use Sean as an example because, you know, <laughs> most of the time if there's something mischievous going on, uh, Sean's the one that does it. It's the puppet on the end of her hand, you know. <laughs> and uh, yesterday we yesterday. were playing. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetie. <laughs> We were they they have this big huge sandbox and if you pile the sand up like a mountain it has some kind of a light shining on it I don't know how they do it and so the mountain will be green and you, if you pile it higher like a volcano it turns red and you can put your hand over it and it turns into like rain on it and stuff like that and the low areas become the ocean and she loves playing in that and so we were playing and and I said something about uh, Sean. And she goes, Sean doesn't come with me every day. <laughs> and it's her hand. She left know. Sean at home. She left Sean at home. So it wasn't, I, I had to be mentioned, oh, maybe Sean was doing this. She said, oh, I left Sean at home today. <laughs> I love it. That is so cute. <laughs> but that, that's and, a great idea it, because, because she has Sean. She's already invented this other personality. So, you know, it could be like, how would Sean say it if he was really angry with you? Or, you know, how would Sean, rather than her having to do it? I don't know. Whatever works. But it's, it's a lot of, it can be a lot of fun. Definitely. And her, her ability to imagine, I mean, if there's something that we're talking about and I offer it and, you know, she wants it to be in the real world. I'll just say, oh, that was just our imagination. She'll just go, oh, okay. Just go right along with it. You know, okay, thank you. I got it. <laughs> I don't have to go downstairs and get it or whatever if I, if I uh, move to that conversation. So the imagination is just amazing. And that's something that I really uh, want to support her keeping. You know, I think that too, too soon they're introduced into what's called the real world and you know, yeah. a lot of that gets lost. We've actually been watching a uh, a, a TV, a new TV series, and um, it's it's got some pretty crass stuff in it, and something I've been rolling over in my brain since we started watching it a few nights ago um, is how how do we protect her innocence from getting mm. lost in the kind of insanity that this TV show presents. It's, oh, well, this is just normal life. You know, this is just the way people, everybody's this way. And it's like, 
Oh, man, what that's the, a... What is the show, Michael? Um, in the Dark. In the Dark. And it's oh, a, a woman who's a, a mid-20s kind of... Have you seen it or touched into it? Yeah, we stopped watching it because of her personality being so nasty. And and we were I've enjoying considered. it. Pardon? I've considered saying, you know, yeah. we really don't need to watch this anymore. Although, you know, it's bringing some stuff up, so breathe and let it move when it moves. But <laughs> Right. But, it, you yeah. know, imagine I'm thinking about her being four and uh, just what mm-hmm. uh, what kind of impact that kind of crassness brings to mm-hmm. a child that, that is that innocent, you know, and, and how do we, I've been really working with, how do we teach her how to, you know, play jujitsu with that one to be able to flip it because she's going to encounter mm-hmm. it in the world and to, to flip it so that she maintains her innocence and understands that she doesn't need to, to get involved right. in a lot well, of the craziness of that thing. Right. One way, um, of course, is to prevent her from watching that stuff, right? <laughs> but as you say, she is going to, at some point in time, come across this. And um, so an, another very effective thing to do, and I think you already do this a lot, is to discuss what's happening with... with and, and if you're watching it on uh, a... Um, server where you can stop it and start it again is, is that that's the situation right you can actually stop the the show and then well we that i mean we wouldn't we wouldn't put her in front of in, in front of that at this stage it's just as we've been watching it processing through it you know we, we look at each other like holy mackerel what kind of just but the fact yeah. that it makes so much of it look normal that's what i've been playing with my mind is how yeah. to support Aria at four coming into an age where she's going to expo- be exposed to, you know, that kind of craziness. So, well, um, just, well, you're, you're so as a teacher, as a teacher, I'd be delighted to have any, any input you have. Well, the only thing <laughs> I Having worked with is... introducing a lot of things, those little ones, uh-huh. pardon me, go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought maybe we lost each other there. Um, yeah, it's it really is to continue doing what you're doing so beautifully, which is to point out that for some people, that is their normal way of acting and talking yeah. and being. But you don't have to be that way, and not everyone is that way. And they may or may not be happy, but you can choose how you want to act. And what gives you happiness and joy? Um, so I think it's really just seizing the teachable moment, you know, when it comes up. Yes. And it will. It will. <laughs> Especially now that she's <laughs> in school, you know. Yep. She had. I, I'm not sure how she got her teacher to do it, but um, day before yesterday, um, Ryan and Gabby's next door neighbor have a child who is a year younger than Aria. And mm-hmm. he just started at the same school day before yesterday. Of course, he's in the three-year-old class, and Aria's in the four-year-old class. And Aria talked her teacher into letting her go. She said, I need to go check on Dom and make sure that he's okay. 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> so yeah. she, she went to the three-year-old class to make sure that Dominic was doing okay, and then she went back to class. That kind of tenderness and consideration is a wonderful teachable moment for every other kid in that class. I hope the teacher used it. For sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she example. has such compassion. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. And then that TV cool. series, you know, have you ever mm-hmm. watched the series House? I had tried Medical a Doctor. Times. Yeah, I gave up on that for the same reason. Yeah. He was just nasty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suspect, I suspect that that character and her way of behaving, I mean, some of the even physical motion she does is exactly how I suspect it's modeled on that. It was a very successful TV series with a male character like that. So now I would put dollars to donuts that it's actually modeled on, okay, let's create a female character like that and see how it goes. All kinds of opportunities to learn forgiveness in the world. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and um, judgments, oh boy, oh boy. I just um, um, offered to share three worksheets that I had done. I, I did that on Dr. Tim's hour and because he, he had said, well, you know, I think that doing more worksheets on the show would really be valuable. So um, I had these three different worksheets come up, one behind the other, behind the other, and, and I shared them. And, um, and the, the blaring and blatant uh, truth that I kept seeing about myself is my incredible ability to judge other people negatively. <laughs> it's like, mm. wow, I don't I, – and, and it's really strange because I don't even – I'm not aware of it in my my own mind generally about, you know, like you, people often think something that they don't say out loud. I'm often not aware that I've made the judgment. It, you know, it's, it, I've kept it out of my own awareness. But anyway. Can I make an offering? Oh, absolutely. Can I make an offering on that one that might take things to the next level? Okay. I don't sure. believe I don't believe you've ever judged anybody negatively ever in your whole life. I do believe that perhaps there's content in your in your mind modeled probably upon a power person that allows your mind mm-hmm. to construct perceptions that are based on judgments. Mm-hmm. But the whole process is still internal. Go, go back to the thought from the course. You know, thoughts never leave their source. And mm-hmm. even, and I'm just realizing this now for me, is that even saying, you know, I'm judging them, the truth is it's just another projection of my mind. I'm not judging them at all. It's, it's, still, it's still a totally internal process that I'm in charge of and can change. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of a form of denial to say, oh, yeah, so I'm judging that out there when the only thing I'm seeing when I'm in any form of hostility or fear is a construct of my own mind. Totally right. internal, and and we just name it that it's about something else. But the truth is, it's still right there inside of us. And to me, that's like the really, really good news. You know, there's, a, there's another thought in the course that says, 
you think this is outside of you. If it were outside of you, you'd really be in trouble. <laughs> Fortunately, mm-hmm. it's inside of you, and that's good news. Hmm. I think that is a wonderful and astute observation. Thank you. I'm going to go back and look at these particular three worksheets and see um, how it was me that I was actually talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and as you yeah. do that, my offering would be, and of course this is an offering for everybody, my offering would be that on the level where we think of the body as physical, each new level that you get to with those worksheets will be another level of quote-unquote physical healing for you. Mm. I welcome that, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, mm-hmm. I'm. Thank you for opening this conversation. I'm with you 100% because I'm, <laughs> you know, that applies for all of us. You know, to, yeah. to keep cleaning it up on the next level and the next level and the next level. Right. right. Well, Such a gift. Speaking of the physical. Um, Say it again. Speaking of the physical level, I wonder yes. if you or um, Jeannie have any comments or recommendations. I have been um, experiencing... Um, a rash on my face in different blotchy places on my chin, around my nose, blah, blah, coming and going for a number of years and more coming than going these days. Um, And I just finally went to a dermatologist and of course he gave me what would suppress it. Steroids. Yep. Which is what I yep. knew and why I have put it off all this time. Um, it's just that it's become kind of unbearable to, to walk around with this on my face. So what, I hear you. What, In there. What is it, yeah, what is it that I need to be looking at here? What well, do, I you, didn't... Oh, go ahead. I'll stop You talking. probably <laughs> recall me mentioning this on shows. I've done it maybe three or two or three times over the years of the shows. And I suspect probably you've been listening to it when I've talked about it, so this will be mostly a reminder. But back in the early days of doing this work, and I I would do a lot of physiological detoxing programs. And I started to get a red blotch on each of my cheeks which then, and this was right about the time, you know, I'd been doing things locally in Fort Lauderdale. It was when things were starting to pick up and I was being invited to different parts of the country. So here I am, you know, getting on a plane and going to Detroit or going to somewhere in California, wherever. And I've got these two red running sores that are about the size of a silver dollar on each of my cheeks. Mm. And I had a friend who said, you know, Michael, that's, you, you got to do something about that. That's a medical problem. I said, well, okay, uh, but I don't believe it is. I'm detoxing. I realize, you know, cheeks relate to lungs specifically, and I, that's where I was doing my work with my lungs. That's been my perennial challenge. And he said, well, I've, I've got a friend, and I talked to him. He's a dermatologist, and I'll pay for it. Just go see him and see what he says. So 
I went to see his dermatologist friend. His friend looked at I said, yeah, well, yeah, well, we can just give you a little steroid and boom, boom, boom. And give a little cream. I'll be gone in no time. I said, well, what about the fact that, you know, my body's releasing something and what a steroid does is suppress it, shut it back in. You know, it's like kind of like putting a, a, a cork in the, the uh, you know, the plumbing line, the, the drain on the toilet. Well, I don't know anything about that, but I know how to get rid of it. And I just said, that's all past. And, and that went on. I mean, I had these big, and they were pretty nasty, like pretty ugly looking, red running sores on each of my cheeks for probably, you know, I don't even remember now because this was in the really early days, but it was at least a year. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. once my body worked through it, that was it. It was done. It was gone. And I don't know if you were listening to the show yesterday, but we were talking with uh, with Susan about, you know, skin. And at least in the naturopathic system, skin is seen when there's an eruption as a reflection of some sort of part of the colon that isn't working properly, the reflex points. And if the colon is not doing its job fully, then the skin as an eliminative organ is kind of a backup and takes over. So it might be good to just do a general colon cleanse type of thing and just see if that shifts and, and or moves anything that uh, that needs to be moved there. Oh. Well, interesting because I've been doing, um, I haven't done a um, colon cleanse in a long time in the sense of taking any herbs or anything like that for it. Right. But I've been, um, for months, during the summer and early autumn, I have been going like once a week to have a colonic, water right. colonic. And then I was also doing coffee enemas almost every day. So, that's powerful. Um, yeah. And, I, and that's what I really attributed this to was, okay, um, my body's just cleansing. And so this is coming out in the skin. But... Um, it's still coming out, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm not sure. then, then my next suggestion would be uh, is get the uh, the book that I mentioned yesterday, Tissue Cleansing Through Bowel Management by Bernard Jensen. And in it, he lays out you know a lot of information about the colon, and then he lays out several different colon cleanses. One of them being a colima process. I would I think you'd probably heard us talk about that in the past. Jack, actually, I had a clean board that Jack borrowed uh, before he passed, and he was doing that cleanse program. So I don't have that board anymore, but uh, but you might want to look at that. And here's what I've seen. I, like Again, in the early days of doing this, I used to guide people through the cleaning process. And I've literally seen things come out of people's colons that – you know, you're driving along the highway and a truck in front of you has a piece of tire, retread, peel off and end up on the road. If you get out and pick it up, it's hard. I mean, literally that in the colon. And according to the man who sourced the Kalima process, his name is V.E. Irons, uh, who the last time I saw him, he was 82 and introduced his newborn baby to the audience he was speaking at. I was speaking at a conference (laughs) and he was also speaking at that conference. Uh, But according to him, that having been really his specialty study, it it takes a certain combination of herbs to start to break that kind of impact Mm -hmm. and material down. And, And virtually anybody that's ever eaten the SAD diet 
which sadly I include myself because it was a long time in my early life that I didn't know any better until I started studying nutrition and medicine. But uh, sure. that it takes a certain combination of herbs, and, and they put out a specialty product. You can look up. I assume they're still out there. I haven't dealt with them in years, but VE Irons Company, or um, you can order. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually bought the whole kit um, years ago. I mean, a lot, a lot of years ago, uh, that Irons had put out, and um, and utilized it with um, 10 day. I think that's actually when I was was introduced to the um, the coffee enema. It was through that process. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, so I'm going to look and see if I can get a hold of that. That was very, very beneficial. Um, and yeah. I would suggest you might want to do it with, the, get a Kalima board and do the full program. Because what I hear you saying, especially if it's just coming up on your face, you know, it's, it's very localized and... Yeah at least according to that theory, not saying this is what's going on, but at least according to that theory, that would say there's probably a pocket or pockets in your colon related to this skin as an lemon organ on the face. And so that's where it's coming out. If, if it were a different place in the colon, it might be coming out in the, you know, in the arm or it might come out in the, you know, the back or, you know, leg or whatever. But wherever there are eruptions of any kind, that, that system at least sees it as a reflection of that and to get into if there are pockets oftentimes pockets in the colon one of the things that used to or happens when you do that deeper cleanse is people will get what we used to call an intestinal bullet and that was that a a pocket of toxicity would be kind of closed around the body to protect itself would close around it and it would create a a pressure pocket and once the the layers of impacted material were peeled off top of it it would literally shoot out it would be like it had ballooned out with that toxicity and when Mm. the surface broke through it would literally shoot and hit the other side of the colon and hurt like like an intestinal bullet so there can be localized things like that that uh, if you go deep enough they're going to open up and and you're going to get rid of them Mm -hmm. and then yeah cool Um, that is that is wonderful um uh good information and good reminder of long ago and very successful stuff so um I'm going to need to ring off now and listen. Um, okay. And uh, it's been a happy new year again. <laughs> oh, thank you. Same to you. Yeah. yeah. One other quick thought as you go uh-huh. would be to, on, on the mental, more on the mental level would be to be, yeah. and it may tie into those three worksheets. That's why this whole conversation's opened up, would be, you know, what kind of things have you not been wanting to face? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh-huh. So that may just be another um, piece of the puzzle that gets the whole thing to pop open and you get, get another uh, another level of, quote-unquote, physical heal- healing. <laughs> um, very, very, very good. And, and when you asked that question, I know you weren't looking for an answer, but I got one immediately. 
in one of my worksheets um, recently came up the idea that a punishment thought I had was that some people would get assassinated so that they would just not be any problem anymore. Mm. How about that? Yeah. How about that one? I hear you. <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> so, yeah, I well, think things like that. Healing vengeance thoughts. You know, how many of us had a power person that we listened to their vengeance conversations? Mm-hmm. And perhaps on occasion they were turned on us. And mm-hmm. so it becomes, you know, that power person dynamic the field opens and that energy is taken in and reopening and embracing that can be a pretty deeply traumatic moment because it, mm-hmm. that level of intensity and that type of thought certainly uh, takes us far away from the innocence of the four-year-old as we can get. Yes, indeed it does. Thank you for bringing up the power person aspect of it. Um, I have a feeling there's something very valuable in that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again. Well, you have a blessed Uh, one. Indeed. And to you as well. I will listen to the rest of the show. Thank you. Cool. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. And speaking of eternal life, I, as I was dialing in and before I dialed in, thinking about what I was going to talk about today, the uh, the biggest thing that kept coming was just the uh, just the joy of the fact that we get to have a human life. It's like so amazing. Of course, enhanced when we have someone like these little ones around at four. And seeing the sweetness and the innocence that's there, but knowing that we can all reclaim that, that that's in all of us, that that's our natural state. And as you do your work, as each of us does our work, we get closer and closer to being able to really truly be in that state before we were kicked out of innocence, before we were kicked out of total awareness of functioning as and in an energy field called love. It's, it's wordless, you know, the sweetness, the... While so much of the world is doing this crazy stuff that's going on, <laughs> just tune into the news and look at the insanity that's going on. And the terrorism, the just stark raving terrorism, I mean, especially recently, the terrorism that passes as politics and what we have as a community devolved to. So just reaffirming that the, uh, the, op- the opportunity that comes with this work, if one chooses to go to the deepest levels, includes being able to bring back that sweetness and presence to our own physiology to our own minds, to our own relationships, and then to extend that out beyond our homes to those around us that we touch. Yeah. I've been, we haven't been out too much since the the holidays, but just for me and what being out and just looking at another person that I don't know from Adam's cat and being able to hold that space and be that space with them is just such an awesome gift, I think. 
uh, when I think about uh, the mind that I used to run around the world with. So thank you for sharing this journey with us. And our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we cannot see you, is 563-999-3581. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show. And then if you have a thought, a question, something to share with us, push one. I raise his hand in the control panel, and we'll be having a conversation. And our objective is to have a conversation with you. How can we support you? What's on your mind? Is there anything going on in your life that needs a little extra oomph and support to bring you through it? How can we uh, refine the tools? You know, one of the uh, one of the things to understand, and I've been talking about this more lately, bringing it back around again, but it deserves repeating often, I think, is that there's no point at which you can separate your mind from your body or what you call your body. They're, they're just reflections of each other, you know, and they are mental constructs. The mind and the body are mental constructs based upon a singular experience that you call your life in the same way that if I took a silver dollar, I say there's a head and there's a tail, but I can't take the head of the coin off of the coin. I can't separate it because there isn't a head or a tail on the coin. There isn't a picture of George Washington and and an eagle on the other side. There isn't. There is, is a singular event with two different perspectives. And I think that the coin analogy helps to understand that that's exactly what my so-called body and mind are. We look at it from one point of view, and we go, oh, my thoughts, but, but my thoughts don't, it doesn't matter what I think. Excuse me? The reflection of your thoughts is your physiology. The reflection of your thoughts are the constructs of your mind. And there's no way to get away from that. You know, I can remember in churchianity, I used to hear this idea, and it was presented as, you know, God's going to get you because God knows your most secret thoughts. God can go, you can't hide. Like, well, no, that's right, you can't hide. Your physiology and your, your mind are one and the same. And whatever you do to one reflects on the other, even if your mind is telling you you're doing it to someone else. How did that old saying go? Make sure your words are gentle. You may have to eat them someday. (laughs) Well, you're eating them every day. Every day. Especially the ones with the emotional energy behind them. And oftentimes our wounds come from in genetically inherited thoughts, genetically inherited traumas, oftentimes multi-generational assaults that store unresolved pain and when we hold those energetic dynamics that powerfully, those things result in repeated experiences. And those repeated traumatic experiences are what obscure the subtle, permanently available experience of your true nature, of that 
sweet presence of love. You know, especially if you're in the, the male gender in today's world, all the tough guy stuff we've been given, all the the uh, macho baloney that literally kills men 10 years before women, if you look at their age or life expectancy. So if your mind is presenting reasons why you should be in upset, tending those reasons are outside of you, just note that your mind is lying to you. It's not telling you the truth. Your mind is your so-called body and your perception is a construct that tells you first and foremost about the content of that mind-body unit, not about the world that you think you're looking at. Now, it's kind of the point that Magda opened so so beautifully with her worksheets and I really appreciate the, the thought from Course in Miracles that says thoughts never leave their source and if you think you can assault someone else mentally physically emotionally verbally financially And recognize that it all comes home to roost. The energy dynamics keep an exact score and an exact record. And if the scorekeeping you're doing is based in anything other than yourself and those around you as the presence of love. You know, even the, the one that you could say is the most defensive can you take the person who is the ultimate offender and it doesn't mean approve of what they're doing. In fact, be your role to hold them accountable for what they're doing, which someone might see as vengeance. But done with heart connected to love, Can you embrace that ultimate offender? Can you hold to that space? I was doing some processing with someone, just, well, this was a couple of months ago. And, you know, I keep politics out of this show, but I do on my Facebook page, work to educate people and keep in front of us for the purpose of recognizing if we're going to have a world for our grandkids to grow up in, our kids' kids and their kids to grow up in, we're going to have to hold people accountable for what's going on. And this particular person said, well, that's not very loving. Like, well, actually, you know, you'll notice that on occasion, one of the things I'll post is a picture of that person that I've said needs to be held accountable for this really horrific behavior. And I post it with a commitment, the commitment from this work, and extending love in their direction. To a offender in my life, whoever that is, and hold them in that space in my heart. If I can't, 
it's because I don't have space in my heart. And I'm the one with the problem. They're not. Oh, yeah, what they did may be absolutely horrendous, horrific, illegal, immoral, despicable, disgusting, you know, all the horrific adjectives you could put on it. And if I don't have room to embrace them in the presence of my love, it's because there's something in me that's blocking me from doing that. And that's the next level of my work. And to remember in the context of all of that, that behind all of it, permanent is the truth of who we are as human beings, is the presence of love. You'll remember the Course in Miracles says you need not seek for love. You need only seek, find, and release the barriers you've built within yourself against it. And so everything that flares up in emotional pain or trauma isn't about anybody or anything that's happening in the world. Yes, that content, we can construct perceptions out of it and project that content into our perception of someone else and believe that we're actually looking at someone else when we're looking at this picture of a body made up by our minds, a body that doesn't even exist in the actual world. That's all projection. And what forgiveness does, if you remember, is it collapses projection. And if one is blocked in the awareness of self as love, that's something that's never imposed from the outside. It's always, 100% of the time, an inside job. There's a wonderful piece of music that we've played or we often play in intensives. If you've been at one, you'll probably remember Alanis Morissette singing the song Madness and her insight that, yes, when you're in the room, my madness comes up. And I can pretend that it's all about you. But the the, the insight line of her, her song, obviously she's done some really serious work to get to this, is to recognize that my hurt, my pain, my disturbance, my upset is still moving in me when you're not in the room. And I can miss this opportunity to heal myself by blaming you. But that's all that I'll do by blaming another. And, you know, there is clearly a one-world religion, and it's the religion of blame. And just about every one of us was born into it. Learning to blame. Now, projection, you know, we've recognized with Arya, she has this little character on the end of her hand that she uses her fingers like a puppet. It's called Sean. And it's really wonderful to watch her as she projects onto Sean those things that she's working on in her mind, that she's working through. 
and the, the lectures she gives to Sean to straighten him out. It's so clear she's processing things in her own mind, in her own way of arriving back at the presence of love. Do a, uh, a search on YouTube or wherever for the song Madness by Alanis Morissette. She says it so poetically and so beautifully. She has an awesome voice. And when you recognize that all perception, all perception is autobiographical. All perception tells us about the mind that is experiencing the perception. There's an interesting quote that comes from a man named George Washington Carver. And I don't remember offhand, I haven't looked at anything about him for some time, but he was a black man in the South back in the, I don't remember, it was the early 1900s, late 1800s. So you can imagine life was pretty heavy duty. But this man was so attuned this in such a genius way. I will never allow a man to so defile my soul so as to cause me to hate him. Now, of course, the insight from Carver at that moment is he knows who he is and nobody's going to take that away from him, whatever they do to his body. Carl Jung explains it. You know, he, he describes the avoidable cause of repeated painful experiences when he says... What is rejected from the self appears in the world, and you, know, you could put in brackets the word world there. You could put perception. Appears in the world as an event. We meet ourselves time and again in a thousand disguises on the pathway of life. And then he describes the exact solution that Yeshua provided 2,000 years ago when he says, and again, this is a quote from Carl Jung, probably the greatest, or one of the greatest psychologists, psychiatrists of all time. Until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct our lives and we will call it fate. And the defenses that the mind has to avoid those internal things that we're in denial of are just monumental. 
the, the styles, the types of avoidance, the stories we can make up that allow us to pretend that somebody else is the causes of what's going on inside of us? Amazing. You know, we've, we've watched time after time in intensives, for instance, and one is presents a defense against a particular truth. And when that defense is proven illogical, they'll come up with another explosion, one that perhaps parallels their first excuse, but is slightly different. And when that defense is shot down, that defense is pointed out to be error, then still another and another and another. And there are times, and many of you have been there, where it actually becomes quite humorous because it's clear the person is telling these stories does not, has no awareness that the first story they told to present they had nothing to do with what it was they were dealing with was the exact opposite of the last story they told. You know, after 20 minutes of beating around the bush and making up story, well, but, but we, here's what I really meant. No, well, this is what it really is. Well, this is, yeah, no, but here's what it, 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 what's really happening. And it actually becomes quite humorous to those who are observing because it's so obvious except to the person whose mind is doing it. So the defenses become quite humorous although the destructive aspect of them can be pretty horrendous. So how do we make the unconscious conscious? Well, there are many teachers who fall into um, a method of doing that. In fact, there's a several times on the show in the past, Dr. Tim has shared one of the things that attracted him to this work is that over the years he had gone to different uh, trainings by you know, this famous psychologist or that famous psychologist, he being a clinical psychologist, to, to learn the skill that this person had that just produced these fabulous results. But what he found was most often for himself and his friends who were also psychologists is they couldn't reproduce what the what this great, psychologist was doing like the the psychologist would hold a teaching a training but wouldn't be able to transfer the information that empowered those who were in the training to do the same thing you know that was his you know in essence what he says you know like we we looked and we studied and he told us all about it or she told us all about it but we couldn't none of us could do it and the thing that attracted him to this work is that he could take a worksheet and offer it to anybody with zero skills. And if they would do the steps, they could produce the same result as he or I or Jeannie or anybody else could. That it's a universally transferable tool. And to me, that's due to the genius of the man who initiated it, which is Yeshua 2,000 years ago. I feel so blessed to have gotten to get back into or to work with a group of people who were some of the world's top aramicists and 
purposely spent time working to establish the first century meanings of the words of Yeshua so that we could accurately understand what he had to say. And then, once the translators, there were 25 different ones, once the translators agreed on that translation, it still wasn't verified as a, an accurate translation until it was taken into the laboratory of the classroom and would produce the results that it purported to produce. That was basically, you know, I was not a translator. I don't read, write, or speak the language. But my part in the process was to take it into the laboratory of the classroom and say, does this work? And only then, and Dan McDougall was guiding the translation work back at that point. He was a, a top attorney in, uh, in Atlanta and turned his attention and his creativity. Now, here's the kind of mind Dan had. He was in the Navy during World War II, and when they did IQ tests in the Navy, he was number four score on the IQ test in the Navy, the whole of the men they tested in the Navy. And until it produced the result in the classroom, it wasn't considered a verified translation. So how do we make the unconscious conscious? There's a reliable, simple tool not simple until you understand it, but it's pretty simple, for breaking down this barrier between the subconscious and the unconscious, for breaking down what they call the veil of the temple. You'll remember they said the veil of the temple must be rent in twain, torn in two, and that wasn't about a purple curtain in the church. That was the, the veil, the barrier that was built through denial through holding the breath, and through hiding from ourselves the truth. Everybody who's joined the one world religion of blame, and it's virtually everybody that I've ever met in my life, has, in the presence of any kind of traumatic energy, held their breath, and locked, literally locked that energy into tissue. Created an artificial veil that creates an artificial condition of the mind that we call the unconscious. And, and how far along is that in the world today? Well, if you listen to psychologists that specialize in such things, they'll tell us that 90, perhaps 95, and maybe even as much as 98% of the average person's thinking is unconscious. Now, if that's accurate, if we're living on top of a 98% dissociation rate, what kind of things are we going to have to open and embrace? And here's why people keep making up their stories. They'll make up any kind of crap. Once their mind presents them with a construct, they'll make up anything. I mean, total, complete fabrication. I remember working, I was up in Toronto, Canada, and was doing a workshop on, it was doing on creating consciously, and we were working on a mind shifter, and people were reading the mind shifter out loud. And I don't remember exactly what it was at this point, but they went around the room, and, and different people were reading it, just giving it uh, their inflection. And one, if I remember correctly, I believe it was a woman, one woman read it, and she added... I don't remember if it was a word or two words to it that weren't there. And so I asked her to read it again. And she looked at the page very carefully and read it. 
And she added, again, I don't remember, it was a word or two words that weren't there. And so I asked her to read it again, and she took her finger and pointed to the words on the page as she read them, and she read two words that weren't there. (laughs) That's how tricky, that's how this state of hypnosis can take us over and have us see things that never happened. And we make up all kinds of crap to justify a reality that we're attached to keeping integrated. And if that reality is based in some form of hostility or fear, we're in trouble. So when one knows how to consistently, persistently open the veil of the temple, that barrier between the subconscious and the unconscious, there's the opportunity to remove those assault energies. that have been building up in the average person's bloodline for generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. And 2,000 years ago, Yeshua offered, here's how it's done. Once I made contact with here's how it's done, I spent 35 years full-time working to understand it and be able to explain it. And that's where the forgiveness, the reality management worksheet came from, is to work toward understanding how to collapse the perceptual mind that tells us these stories, internal dynamics projected into pictures of what we think are other people, how to collapse those projections, and in so doing, drop directly into the underlying generationally instilled trauma and then usually reinforced within the family or the community system. This genius mind that showed us that the key to it is your perceptual constructs, however pained, are mustered, are activated, are set into activity by the goals that you hold. And when you cancel a goal, that goal canceled collapses that pained perception. Underneath it, in the unconscious, is that pain. And when it collapses, you get to access what's underneath it. And that's why most people don't ever want to go there. And that's why anybody who wants to heal must. There's no second question, no chance, no, no changes about it. Must go to that place and clean up that part of their physiology in their minds. So that's what we're here to support. We're down to the last few seconds, so the show's going to cut us off, even though I don't have anybody out there that I'm talking to specifically at this point. I've stretched it out to the last second, so I'm going to just thank you all for joining us and create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's a whole new year. Thanks for sharing with us. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.